Live from a location deep hidden in West Rogers Park, also known as West Ridge. The boys are back in town. Great to be back, boys. Here we go. This is the Hard Talk Podcast. I am your host, Jordan. I am here with... It's Josh. And it's Yoel. Josh, we have a lot to talk about. We sure do. I, have a lot, I, I do have a lot to talk about also. As Yoel, usual. Why, don't you go, why don't you go ahead? Okay, this is a well, couple first, things. first of all, you have like a new identity. You were just explaining to us right before we started recording. Yes, I've become a vest man. Josh, I have seen Yoel in vest before. I don't know why he's never now been, a vest never guy. worn a vest. I've seen a Back vest, to the like, Future like for warmth, like Back to the Future. Okay. Yeah, like one of those vests. I just feel that it's I can do a lot of activities in my car, but wearing a vest. Your arms are not cold. No, actually, I'm wearing a long sleeve uh, under my sweatshirt. So, did you look into the buying of the vest? Like, did you? Um, Funny you should say that because um, I did go purchase one from where? REI is that a place? Yes, it's like a wilderness a store. I don't know. I've never been to the I never wilderness. Heard of it. Okay. I've been to Machnachutz, but that's about it of my wilderness uh, experiences. Um, and I came back uh, with a vest, and then my wife told me to turn around and go back to the store and return it. So, and then she ordered me one from Lulu. So, that's the that's the story of my vest. <laughs> well, a, I'm happy. That's a for captivating you. story, I think. Thank you. Oh, that reminds me of another rule, by the way. New rule: Whenever I have a story, or a a joke, comment or like a left field question, uh, there are no looking at me and making me feel stupid. There's only going to be encouragement. We'll take it under advisement. Uh, Jordan, maybe you can okay, give- To be the, honest, I'm not even paying attention. I'm looking at my notes. Can you give our listeners, uh, once again, an email address to, to write in other questions? I, I think it's hardtalkchicago at gmail.com. Let it be known that I've not received one email. <laughs> I checked it the other day. But you have gotten a lot of feedback on your WhatsApp. I've, yeah. I've gotten a lot of feedback. No, in yeah. terms of like questions or stuff that should be discussed. Yeah, I mean, the comments. main the main thing. Let's that, talk about the main criticism people the main have. Cri- I think the number one is like, it's all Ida Crown. I mean, we've had, and I'm assuming the guest tonight will find out. I don't want to spoil anything, but I he probably went to Ida Crown. Um, which is problematic, I think, but that's okay. I think it, he'll speak for himself. Yeah, we have a lot to talk about outside Ida yeah. Crown with him. If he does go to Ida Crown, then I'm going to go back into the Ida Crown zone. And start no, we're not him. talking about basketball. Yoel's going to say, well, in 1973, uh, the <laughs> highest scoring player. 73. I was, I was like, <laughs> yeah, he's already thinking about yeah. it. Um, that's number one. This is not an Ida Crown podcast. Um, some of our guests may have gone there. We've got people lined up that didn't. But I think we'll get away from that. Keep in mind also, that the first couple episodes were recorded in somewhat of a two-week span. Right. Then we had a little bit of a break, which um, the plan is tomorrow to record an episode talking, you know, recapping our respective winter vacations um, and some other things. Or lack thereof. Right. Just or lack Giving thereof. an overall update on, on what's been going on. Yeah, just I think just us, just us guys in the studio... Yeah, I mean, we we came in here after two weeks. I mean, we're basically professionals. Um, I, I did not walk in with any notes or any preparation. Um, You're natural. Yeah. Josh has been nervous. He yeah, feels I, he's rusty. I, you know what? I feel like it's like, right, if you haven't done it in a couple of weeks, get a little nervous energy and think you're going to forget. Did you forget how to talk to me? <clears throat> um, a little bit. <laughs> You have to talk with me with ease. It's yeah, my, I got to work, work my, my way slowly. My gentle ego. <laughs> yeah, I, I was a little hesitant about this, uh, but once you know I'm back in the zone here, Get right we're in our studio. Um, we've got the expensive seltzers supplied by Josh. I'm feeling good. I think, we're, I think we're I think we're going to do well tonight. Have some notes here. Been doing a lot of preparation, a lot of YouTube watching. 
for ready. Tonight, for tonight's guest or just yes, podcast in yes, general? No, for tonight's guest. Fair to say tonight's guest is probably the most legendary person we've had on so far. Listen, I don't want to put down the other guests. No, we've no had not on, putting them down. But you but, can, you but can put down by a mile. You can, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, not referring to Danny or Aaron, right. but you could say he's much better than Yoni. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Good call. Um, let it be known also that happens to be. I won't talk too much about my winter vacation, but when I uh, deplaned, I went first to the washroom. You didn't drive anywhere. It was not Wisconsin Dells. Yeah, no, I flew back from Appleton. I think. Oh, okay, fair. Yeah, and I went to the bathroom, and here he is. Wow. Let, so uh, we'll, we'll get back I to your bathroom. We'll get back to your riveting bathroom story later. That's how you're going to just go to the bathroom while we were talking. Welcome to our, our hush of guests here. Guys, we have with us tonight, we have the table Rabbi Doug Zeldin. And we're very excited. First of all, I don't God, know. It's nice that you know my last name because nobody else does. <laughs> I, first of all, I didn't know it until last week. I <laughs> do, do you have enough room? Are you good? Okay. I guess I'll introduce myself because my name is Jordan Bass. Josh, you may know. Josh Rosen. I know who all three of you are. There okay, you great. So that's a good, thing, a good thing or a bad thing. but Also, I, I have the honor of teaching both their kids. It's true. My, my son asked me today My son asked me today if, if the, the, real, the real Rabbi Doug was coming. I said he is. Yeah. yeah. Let's move that mic just yeah, a little, a little closer. bit yeah. closer there. Touch your boys, touch your girls. Well, first of all, we're, we, we are the amateurs here. We're dealing with a professional in terms of recording, in terms of everything here. The original podcaster. So don't be shy to tell us what we should be doing uh, differently. I think you're doing great. You know, I listened to a few of the podcasts this really? week. I did. Um, once I subscribed and was able <laughs> to uh, get through to them, I listened to a few of them. You guys did a good job for being new. Really okay. good job. Real good job. Appreciate that. Um, I think what's what you, what you guys have really done have turned something which is similar to a sports radio format into a local format because a lot of times you were talking about, you know, ICJA basketball and, and Yeshiva team and this and that. But it, it sounded like sports radio. And you guys did a good job of, of going up and back, sounding like you're, you know, sports radio announcers, even though you're really just interviewing people. And it just happens to be the subject that comes up. I, I think you were doing a real good job. In terms of Chicago radio, who would you maybe compare us to? Well, you know, when I started in media... Uh, at the very beginning, I started in high school radio and college radio. I was a, uh, I was a uh, at Northeastern at, at uh, Harper College. I was on the radio station at Northeastern. I was on the radio station, and then of course, uh, I was commissioned by Steve Dahl and Gary Meyer to be a weekly guest on their radio show on the Loop, which went to WLS and 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 uh, into what is now the Score, I guess. Uh, and back to uh, back to FM and up and back, up and back. I was with them for maybe 10, 15 years on the air with them, still friends with them, still do Steve Dahl's podcast every once in a while and because uh, he's not on regular radio now. And Gary Meyer and I just talked this week. He's going to do my TV show. Um, and I just haven't set up a date with him yet. Little he's preview do my for the TV people. show because he hasn't been on in years. He hasn't wow. been on with me in years. He moved out of Chicago. Um, the last time I had him on my show, we actually taped at the United Center when I was mashkiach for the for the kosher booth at the United Center, and uh, he was on a booth for WGN. I think it was WGN at the time he was with. Did you see whatever. Josh at the game when you were at the <laughs> United Center? I've seen Josh at the game before. <laughs> I, I, we, have, we, have, we have done that. We have I'm, done I'm, that. I'm a tipper. Okay, well, oh, hold on. Let, let me. I want to. I want to back up here just because. Yeah, I, I did we, hear that high school radio. I want to even go back to. Like, no, I'm going way back. Okay. Uh, birth. To birth. Yeah. Yes. Um, no, because 
we are very familiar with Rebbe Doug. We're all fans of yours, but I think it could be that there are a lot of listeners that really don't know the full story. So okay. I want to back up for generational just, fans. There are generational uh, fans, parents and children. Yoel's kids, I want I think, you are to fans. know. And my I parents. want you to sure. And plus, I taught his kids, so it makes it even a, a larger uh, thing <laughs> and and bigger. Um, I'll show you so, a picture from this week. Uh, but <laughs> so, anyway, so Rab, so Rabbi, you, from what I understand, are from Chicago. I am from Chicago. You're from Chicago. I grew up uh, in the Orthodox community of. Main Township, which is Displains, which about 35 Shomer Shabbos families Kirshners, there. Kirshners were one of them. Simons. Uh, Simons were one of them. Two do, for two. Do you know? David Porsche. I want you to know the Simons lived just right around the corner from me. And the Simons, when they moved to Buffalo Grove from there, Zelig Spun bought their house because he had moved back from Israel. He was the original Displains person. Move back from Israel, so just interesting. Josh, mark that down, stuff. please. There, That's there you good. Go. There's a picture from this. Oh, that is a great picture. <laughs> yeah. Yes, my nephew and my son. Great. That's Love great. It. Yes. Okay, so Rabbi Doug, so you are from they took, they took it, not Des Plaines, Maine Township, yes. uh, hometown of Hillary Clinton. Uh, that is true. She's actually Park, Park Ridge, Ridge, but, but she Park Ridge. went to Maine East. But she went to Maine East also, yeah. Okay. From what I understand, your father was a chemistry professor. My father was a chemistry teacher at Ida Crown and at Lane Tech. And Farragut. Uh, he he actually. I found it in a newspaper. That's so funny. <laughs> Do not test me. Farragut, Farragut was right out of college. There you go. Wow. Farragut was yeah. right out I of college. I feel like you guys are testing me, like baiting me. So that's to really say, like, cool. Kevin no, Garnett, yeah. high school no, basketball. We are Farragut. not. You'll okay. keep it to yourself. Will, Farragut okay. was right out of college before Lane Tech. That's very good. I, I actually wouldn't have even thought of that right off yet, but it's true. So we had to do our research. Um, okay, so you grew up in Maine East, and then you attended which school? I went to Ida Crown. I went to Ida Crown. I uh, went to Hill Torah after public school. I was in public school and Hill Torah. I went to Ida Crown. Um, I also... Um, Mrs. Falby, was she a teacher? No. no. Mrs. Gallup? No, I'm too old for all Come on, I'm trying to think of these ones. You know who was picking up? I really left off. I mean, oh. if, if you want to go into Ida Crown teachers who were there past me... You, you actually, Elaine Rosenberg was an English teacher of mine for English, that, which is weird okay. as can be. Sure. Uh, you, you wouldn't think of her being there, but she was at the time. And um, uh, Mrs. Bass was a Hebrew teacher. Sure. And uh, uh, her husband was a chaplain at St. Francis Hospital at the time. So those people were teachers. Mrs. Wasserstrom was, Wasserstrom was still there, of course. Uh, Mr. Newman was there. Uh, was just his first years when I his he started. First year. He started. Was he? He's retired now. He right? started. Yeah, he's retired so now. But he taught radio, with me. He taught with me for same. 17 years at JCB. Wow. At JCB. Right. So uh, was he involved with Ham well. Radio then? Were he you was involved, involved with Ham Radio then. <laughs> Is that yeah. where you got your start? I just talked to him last week. Actually, he's starting a Ham Radio club. He told me at Ida Crown now. Interesting. Dangerous talk. I had a crown with y'all here. We got to get a little past that. Yeah. Um, so how did you do radio when you were in high school? You said you were so, involved with radio. So I, I was uh, one year of high school. I lost my carpool, and I did not stay in Ida Crown for that year, and I went to Maine East. And I got involved, and I went on the radio station there for that year, and then I was able to set up a new carpool the next year and returned. So that's, that's kind of how Can that I worked. Can I ask a question? Were, were, were buses invented at that point? There were no buses from Displains. No buses. There were two carpools from Displains. The two ninety. That's how I ended yeah. up in Hill. That's how I ended up in Hill Torah. There it. were two carpools, but there was a bus going home, but not going to school. It was a very weird situation. So I got into one of those carpools in like I went to public school until fifth grade. In sixth grade, 
I, I started at Hill Torah because I was able to get into a carpool because somebody w- who was in eighth grade the year before finished and left a spot for me. I like how like a theme of our podcast has become public transportation. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that. Okay, and then so you went straight into college to Northeastern? Went, I went to Northeastern, and then um, I did not go to gap year in Israel, but uh, during my... Was it uh, less common at the time? It, it was less common. There were a lot of people that did. Most people went on Hachshara, not gap year for for yeshiva. Right. So those guys all went on Hachshara. I didn't feel like I wanted to take a year off of school for Hachshara like everybody was doing. So I went in my third year of college. I went to Israel for yeshiva, and I set up a program through Northeastern with Or Sameach, wow. and I ended up staying there and going to a smicha program and leaving the Smicha program to come back and finish college. So I came back and I graduated from Northeastern. I got two years of credit for my time in Israel of college. So I, I, I actually only had like one semester left when I came back, which was a great deal. The, the, the person I learned it from was Mo Feiger. You guys all know Mo sure, Feiger? Sure. So Mo Feiger <laughs> did the same thing at Or Sameach, and I learned from him how that worked. And there were a lot of other people who did too through Northeastern and Spurtis. It was kind of a joint accreditation. So I got all these credits for yeshiva. I was ready to graduate college when I came back. I came back for one semester and finished college. What did you do for fun in those days, in your college years? I, I, I did probably a lot of the same things I do now. And is, we had, I, last I'm time a we big had concert goer, for everybody who knows. Uh, we, my, we know. T- my TV show is also the official coverage of Beatle Fest every year, which is the festival. So I know that. all the people who've played with the Beatles. And uh, I'm a big concert goer, and I've had yeah. a lot of those people because I've gone to concerts for all these years and through Beetlefest and also covering TV shows at fundraisers where rock and roll bands and stuff played for fundraisers, such as for Keshet, many of them. I become friends with those bands and they invite me to their backstage parties now when they come to town. They send me tickets and invite me to the backstage parties, so that's kind of a fun thing. So last time we had a guest here who was talking about his ragers what? during it, when he was, right? His parties. Uh, his parties. Yeah. Oh, okay. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about these backstage parties. Do they get pretty wild? Not really. Actually, no. <laughs> these guys are old now. <laughs> so, so as a matter of fact, um, like, the, one person who I'm really, really close with who's the keyboard player for Ario Speedwagon, he just wrote me a note before he put out a public announcement that he is no longer going to tour. They're going to find a replacement wow. keyboard player for touring. He'll do some recording with them. He'll do some special shows, but he wants to spend time with his family because he's in his late 70s now. Also, mid, we should say R.I.P. David Crosby. Yes. Well, that's now I, one of the bands. So Maybe you ask me your time a little bit. When you go, when you go, are you kidding? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I've you met are? him. I've met him many times. Um, really? One one of the there are bands that I've seen more often than any other band, like twenty times, thirty times over the years. Like, one of those is Crosby, okay, Stills, and Nash. Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. I've really? met David Crosby many times, and the other one maybe yes is another one. John Anderson, I met many times, of course. Uh, What's can, can yes. you give me like? Can you give us your your favorite concert you've ever you've ever gone to? Gosh, you top three, top, top three. three. Give me the it's, top three. It's, it's really hard to think about that because there are so many great concerts I've been to. Uh, I honestly. How about top? How about the bands? Forget the concert. The, the bands you've seen live. Well, I'm, I'm telling you the ones that I've seen the most. The one I've seen everyone. So it's hard to really say. You know. What's your um, favorite venue? There are ba- there are bands. We'll get an I'll get that. that that's a different one. There are bands <laughs> that I've seen that I you know once or twice later in in my life that I never saw before that were great shows. Like I saw the Grateful Dead for the first time with Matt Cantor 
Um, I, I don't. He wasn't I'm, playing I'm sorry. with them. Right? Let me. I'm not even thinking. <laughs> he could have. I'm not. I'm not even thinking singer. of the Grateful Dead. I am so sorry. Fish. I'm thinking of Black Sabbath. Um, Grateful Dead. I saw their last concert ever mm, at Soldier, Soldier Field. Field. At Soldier Field, 1995. My Ju- wife was pregnant with our oldest July daughter. July 9th, 1995. Very Were you good. there? My daughter was. was born in October. Was Danny Altshul um, vending there? No, I didn't see him there. <laughs> So I was at that show, but what I was thinking of was I just saw for the first time Black Sabbath about four years ago or five years ago before the pandemic uh, with Deep Purple, who's Matt Cantor's favorite band ever, who I saw for the first time when I was like 17 with Matt or 18 with Matt, something like maybe 20, I don't know. So you've but seen the whole trajectory of their career. I've seen every, Yeah, 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 yeah. But, Do you play uh, any instruments? It's the first time I ever saw Black Sabbath, so I never saw them before. Wow. Uh, Do you play any instruments? I play guitar. I play guitar. guitar. Yeah, okay. but I'm not like a performer. I play a little. You're no Bruce Hurst. I'm a like no, but Bruce has been, so t- uh, been on my TV show many common, times. Yes, yes. But I, but I do, I do, um, so I do sit in with people sometimes, but I don't perform. That Josh has a guitar in the other room. He's going to bring yeah, it in. I, 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 I play, play a few. guitar for, a, for a spell. No, he, he can play a few songs. <laughs> we should do that. You know how Howard does that? Like has the guests play a couple songs and talks about it. Yeah, we should consider that in the future. It's, right. it's a good thing to do. I do that for Why my not? TV show. Why not do it on radio? Absolutely. So, so you're a big music guy. I'm a big That's music guy. Here. Big okay. music guy. And I've had pretty much all but maybe five of the biggest Jewish music uh, performers from, like we're talking about, you know, the uh, I will use the my Hasid- same joke Hasidic again. performers. Uh, Evan They've Shisea? all been on my show. Has Evan Shasia? Evan Shasia did their last show on my TV oh, show so right on the street. Right, right on the that street. Was a, a, a that was their last party. show. Yes, that yes, was their last yes. show, and I it was on my TV show. Did the police and, uh, and your son Josh did a promo for my TV show did with a bunch really? of kids? <laughs> with a bunch of kids, he was very excited about that. Yeah, with a bunch of kids while they were out there. Okay, so so we know your love for music. Um, you go off to college. You spend some time in Israel on the Smicha program. Come back. So ended up going to Smicha program in New York afterwards, and 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 doing that, and coming back again. Uh, ended up teaching. I taught in the same places. I taught in this same. Uh, Talmud Torah place, just for say, for 27 years. Wow. Uh, and ran their bar mitzvah program there. I did that for 27 years and th- until that fell apart. I uh, was at JCB. I started the special ed Jewish day school in Chicago with me. Um, I was the director of that program, started it, and it lasted uh, 17 years until it merged in with the Jewish family service and they merged it together with the secular special ed school. And I just wasn't comfortable with the Hashkafa that was going on there anymore mm-hmm. and uh, made it clear and they decided to make a change because the Jewish Family Service had a rabbi working for them already and there was a merger between Jewish Family Service, Jewish Children's Bureau. I had seniority and was being paid a lot more and I think they just, uh, we, we had our differences and that was the end of that after 17 years. But uh, it, it was it was a special thing when it happened. It was a special thing for those years. So and I was also doing, of course, chaplaining while I was doing that. I was doing hospice chaplaining, which I still do today. Okay, right. So then you, you're really involved in the community in a tremendous way for a long time. I think, Josh, you even remember Rabbi Doug from back in the day as a young kid. I do. I remember I used to lane for you. You uh, did. Yeah, that was... in my days. So for 20 years, when, when I moved to West Rogers Park uh, in the 80s. In the, you, and you were still in displays before that? Before that. Okay. I, I moved in the... I moved in the uh, 1987, maybe, or somewhere around there. Within that time, 
I was offered a position to take over what used to be an NCSY minion, which okay. kind of fell apart because everybody Israel? grew up at Ezra Israel. So it became the Ezra Israel Mechitza minion, and I was there. Rabbi Kaganoff was the rabbi of the traditional shul. Sure. I was the rabbi yeah. of the Orthodox minion. I was there for 20 years. Rabbi Kaganoff got sick. He was retiring. There was a lot of political stuff going on there. They wanted to bring in a new rabbi to take over and be my boss and tell me what I was it just wasn't Seems working. Like the politics are always following. He you. was, and he was going to be the rabbi of the traditional group, the regular minion, the, whatever you want to call <laughs> it. But I wasn't very comfortable with that, and there was a lot of tumult. And I left, and I took a hundred families with me, and wow. uh, went down the street from Josh's house here and took over <laughs> a building of a reform temple that fell apart. Um, or menorah, right? That's, or, well, or no. it was Temple no, no. Menorah. Temple, Temple, Temple Menorah. And, and uh, started Or Menorah, which was either Orthodox Menorah or the Light of the Menorah, however you want to look at it. Um, and I was there for a long time until the reform group behind my back and without the voting of my members who were paying membership to a joint group because we had joint bank accounts. Um, this is a, I've never talked about this, by the way, in public because I never wanted to. So this is breaking information. Breaking for, information. For thousands um, they sold the building listening. behind our back with the support of someone in the community who wanted it to happen, even though that person was supporting me before that. So that person shall go nameless, uh, but he's no, sitting go right nameless. here at the table. No, no, not at all. Not at all. As Jordan but, anyway, but anyway, um, the, the, the five reformed families that were still involved in the building sold the building behind our back. and Was that legal? Uh, no, it wasn't. And there was a, a, a big lawsuit about it, but the lawsuit... I know Jordan's a lawyer. I was still in law school yeah, at the time. Uh, un so. Unfortunately, what our lawyer, who was pro bono, because we had no money, because they, they actually closed our accounts. Jordan We had joint accounts. Pro bono. They closed our accounts. We had zero dollars. They came along, and um, my lawyer, who was pro bono, said, I'm only going to take this on if we go to keep the building open, and you are the sole takers over if they're closing down. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, we're not closing down. We can still be a congregation with five people. And so the judge at the end of this uh, whole ordeal said, I can't decide on a 40-year reform congregation and an eight-year Orthodox congregation who are together to say that the Orthodox can take it over if the reforms still are claiming that they are a congregation, even with five families. So you're going to have to take this to a Jewish judge in a uh, and, and have him... Uh, look at this and understand the reform in the Orthodox in an appeals court because I'm going to rule that things are status quo for now. Is a statute of limitation already uh, up on this case? Uh, uh, I, I have no idea. Because if not, Jordan... Wait, hold on. When When is this going on? How long ago is this? Um, so we're talking about nine years now. Okay. About, oh, about, about eight, is... eight to nine years, I guess. Did you move? What happened to the what building? Happened, so what happened, the building was sold to the Cheder Lubavitch Girls School. It's a building okay. on Johnson, and, California. And gotcha. the reason, the reason, by the way, the reason that um, there were some people in the Cheder Babich who did some very bad things on social media anonymously, whatever the case might be, to try and, and put us down. People were saying things like I was trying to steal their their deed to the property after it happened and all this, and that it was all me, me against them. And I, I just decided to cut it out from media. The newspapers came to me, the Jewish newspapers came to me, the Sun-Times and the Tribune came to me, and I said, no comment, because I just didn't want the public Jewish public community it just wasn't a good thing. It takes a lot of courage. It wasn't. It wasn't a good thing. I'd rather have started on my own, which I did. Thanks to, by the way, I, I got to mention this. There was a family, um, Nathan Averick, Allah Shalom, who said, "You know, I'm moving to Israel. You can move into my house until you get a place." Wow. And we actually moved our minion into his house 
He had a gigantic living room, Baruch Hashem. Of course, having jo- uh, 100 Jordan, people. Is, a, is this a violation of any zoning laws, Jordan? Uh, having 100 people. Having no a, comment. Having 100 people in shul on some Shabbos, as I did, um, is this wasn't going to work. Is this Fairfield and Fargo? It's it's the house now owned by Hurry the owner there. the owner of Hamachi Restaurant, who, by the way, said, if you need to stay there after we purchase it until you find a place, you can. He was wow. They were very good to us. Of course, his father-in-law was involved in my shul for many years also. But anyway, in the meantime, we were there. We got a place on, on Tui Avenue temporarily. Um, which, the corner of Caltui? Yeah, but the problem was that there was a <laughs> lot of water coming in through the ceiling, and we couldn't get that fixed, and it was, it was a danger to our Sifre Torah. So we had to get out of that building, and we moved into a building which eventually became a restaurant because the owner broke our lease uh, through a uh, so basin to say he had to move into a restaurant in there because he was losing so much money. So I'm counting six locations so far. It sounds like they so keep far. trying to knock you down. He keeps yeah. surviving. And, and from there, I am like a cat. across like the street where I, from where I started in my first pulpit, and uh, I've never missed a minion, but although it, it's, wow. it's, you know, sometimes it's tough with bad weather and being in a small place where you can't uh, handle families with 10 strollers. How many families like do you that. have that are like regulars by, by the show now? So, so I would say on Yontiv, you know, I probably have about 45 to, f- to 55 families that support me wow. regularly. That's how I stay open. Shabbos, we have between 10 and 25 people that show up every Shabbos. And people, some people walk from very far away. So on bad weather or situations, they're not there. So there are weeks that we struggle and, and, and only have 10 or 11. And there are weeks that we have, you know, 20, 25. And that's kind of how it goes. And Friday nights are the same thing. Friday night, I always get a minion. But getting that minion at mincha time before before sunset is, is a tough thing. And Baruch Hashem, I have a bunch of uh, young guys from the Masifta that'll come over. Say, they'll come, come over just for mincha. So we, we can start mincha before shkia. And then my minion's always there before mincha's over. And for our listeners, you know, take it as a suggestion, you know, come help out. Come help out. 7006 North California. Or Menorah, the latest Ashkenaz minion in West Rogers Park. What time? 9.15 on Shabbos morning. What about the earliest Mar of Saturday night? And the earliest Mar of Saturday night, 33 minutes after sunset. And when we were on Tui Avenue, Josh was there every Friday night. sure was. (laughs) That's great. Here's my question, speaking of contacting. Is it still uh, 465 Doug? Wow, that, is that that's is that, wild that you? Do you know? Um, it's funny that you say that. He's good with numbers. It does work. Not much else. It does work. It does work. It does work. I want you to know. Um, Anything I Chazen, heard in the '80s, I remember. Chazen, Chazen Abraham uh, Mendelsberg. My parents uh, were Shalom, My my uh, my Chazen, whose whose son, right? Your Chazen, yeah. whose son is my uh, uh, Kol Nidre Baltfila. He never called me Doug or Rabbi Doug. He called me four six five. He always did. He was a great so, man. Yeah, yeah. He was a great man. Well, I want to call you on something, Rabbi, because Please I'm do. curious. We're talking about a Reform Temple, Orthodox. In a 2010 Chicago Tribune article, you were quoted as such: "I don't believe in Orthodox, Conservative, and Reform." I believe in Jewish, which I, I think is a very special statement. So I'm, I'm, I'm wondering how that's a, we, that's what a that, great what statement, that. and that's absolutely true. You know, I feel like when people are given um, uh, labels, that it means that somebody else is excluded. And in Yiddishkeit, in Judaism, I don't believe in excluding anyone. That's why, you know, why am I the rabbi that does probably more funerals, congregational rabbi at least, that does more funerals than any other rabbi in Chicago? It's because I can bring in the Reform 
and do reform funerals, and I can do weddings for reform families, and they don't even know I'm Orthodox. They just know that I'm Jewish and that they know I'm Rabbi Doug. So when I set up and do a wedding for them, I say, well, tradition says that the ketubah has to be proper wording, so allow me to uh, make sure your ketubah is proper. Done. Tradition says that two rabbis or two people who understand the words of the ketubah should be the ones to sign it. So I explain to them what Edimar... I tell them uh, that's the way it has to be in Judaism. That's what Edimar... I said, you want to have somebody, your witnesses sign the English side? That's perfectly fine if you have an English side. That's perfectly fine. But tradition says if you don't do it, it's not proper. You want to be proper? You want God to recognize your wedding? You want to be recognized in Israel if you go to Israel that you're married properly? This is the way to do it. And, you know, they take my lead on that rather than me saying, you know, if you don't do it this way, I can't be the rabbi at your wedding. Right. Or something like like somebody else might say, if, well, I can't have an Orthodox way if I do my wedding. Right. I can't do it their way. This well, is, I think that's why you're so beloved by uh, the Jewish community. This is why he's... It's a very important message, but you're also beloved outside of the Jewish community. So I want to take us back to what I believe started in the 80s, which is your your media personality. And from what you said before, that really started on the radio. So So how did you first get connected to Chicago radio and Chicago media personalities? There were a few personalities who I connected to through their producers. I would hear something now and then that was not kosher, that was said on the radio or whatever. So I'd call up the producer and I'd straighten them out. And not kosher about something that... Improper, improper. Okay. Somebody would say something like, well, the Jews do this or Jewish people believe uh-huh. this or Jewish people do that. And I, I could never stand that. So I would call up the producer. I wouldn't ask, wouldn't ask to be on the radio or anything. I'd call up the producer of the show. And sometimes those things went on kind of now and then often. And they said, you know, can I get your number? Because sometimes something comes up and we, we want to know before we go on. So we say something right or we ask that. So they did that. And then all of a sudden, that producer calls me up and says to me, could you come on the air with us and explain that? And that's so, when did this happen? Start. What year do you think? Oh gosh, it, it would be it would be probably in the late seventies originally when okay. the first time I did a few things, um, and then uh, into the into the early. I, I early remember 80s. in the eighties you were like a regular. Early eighties, I was a regular. Well, with the Steve Dahl show, I became a regular every single week. I did a piece every single week with them for many many years, and I used to go down to the studio and be on the radio with them in the studio for special things. And it was I did Jewish like, related. Uh, Jewish related. Or what I did. General. What I did. But it was general too. For example, Steve Dahl and Gary Meyer had their 13th anniversary. So their producer and I set it up to be their bar mitzvah show. And I mm, did... That is I genius. Had, <laughs> I, they invited me, They invited me, like, for example, to go to CBS Studios in Los Angeles to be at one of their TV shows, one of their TV specials, which was a national TV special, which they did and stuff. So anyway, I was on there with them. Throughout the years, I knew all the things that they did. I was really close to it. So I did, a, a like, a, a rap, a song about the history of Stephen Gary for the first 13 years. And it became something that they replayed probably 20 or 30 times in the next 10 years after that on the air because but, it included. George, did you find that in your yeah, so I did not find that. Yeah. I will have to look. I probably have it on We're a cassette have to edit somewhere. I probably have it on Definitely. a cassette somewhere, but it's kind of a cool thing. So that's really, that was my kickoff. And then uh, Jonathan Brandmeyer and, and, and just so on and so forth, they all kind of. Everybody kind of carried on and, and knew who I was in the what, business. Wasn't it just a, a, and they a recent shared personality who just passed away? Lynn Bramer. Lynn Bramer. Lynn yeah. Bramer. I, I put him on my website because I also knew him. 
What about John Records Landecker? John Records Landecker was one of my favorite TV guests on my show. We were close for a long time. His producer and I were very good friends. The first time I met him was about 22 or 23 years ago. He was playing with his band. He had a band that played in Highland Park at an outdoor fest. And his producer, Rick, who I became very good friends with, who I was also uh, now a, a book publisher. Rick Kempfer? Rick Kempfer, my good wow. friend Rick Kempfer, you know. <laughs> very good. That's great. So Rick was, Rick was also Steve Allen, Gary Meyer's producer, so I was friends with him then, too. A regular but he, guest. But he was, but Rick was John Landecker's producer for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. So he actually set me up to do an interview with him there in, in Highland Park on stage in front of everyone uh, for my TV show, which came out great. And uh, he and I stayed close and friends ever since then. And Rick and I have done a number of shows, not only for his two books, his first two books, but Rick has also published other people who've been on my show. For example, um, I don't, do you guys know John Reeder? Uh, he's a policeman. Yes, a firm of policeman, of firm policeman who's in yes. cheer with me on Wednesday nights. So his father is a uh, an author and stuff, and, and Rick Kempfer is his p- publisher. So I met his father before I met John. By the um, way, we have to have John Reader on. You should, have John Reader. you should have John Reader on. He'd be great. So anyway, I had his father on my TV show. I didn't even know the connection with John. What's my connection with John? The first time I met John, I'm at an APAC downtown uh, program driving back with an older lady from the neighborhood who most people know, I won't say her name. <laughs> She's driving back and one of her headlights are out and her police car pulls us over, starts talking to her and stuff like that. And he sees me in the back. He says, are you Rabbi Doug? No way. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. And he says, oh, I know who you are and stuff. And he says, uh, you've probably seen me before in a synagogue or something at a service and didn't know it was me, but I know who you are. Anyway, he says to her, I'll just give you a warning. <laughs> says so. yeah. and that's yeah. a good so point because oftentimes people you know, John Reeder. try and get out of tickets. People say, oh, you know Rebbe Wolf. Uh, yeah. Now I'm going to say, you guys know Rebbe Doug. And yeah. it looks like. yeah. So your radio exploits are well-known, but even more well-known. And some, you know, I would say probably many of our listeners would say are big fans of uh, myself included, the YouTube channel is great. Taped with Rabbi Doug. Taped, Taped with, with Rabbi, Rabbi Doug, Doug, which is so, on in Chicago Monday nights at 8.30, Channel 19, every week for 30 years. I was going to ask, I'm in my, 30 years. I'm, so 1993 I'm, was it? I think it's my 31st year. It's the number wow. two show behind The Simpsons, the longest uh, running show, um, I believe. And uh, primetime uh, in the suburbs on 8 o'clock. And of course, it's on the internet twenty four. And where is that filmed? Twenty four eight. If you're a Beatle fan, where is that filmed? <laughs> uh, that so the tape is taped uh, in the studio. So my studios have changed over the years. My original studio was in Highland Park. There was um, a former classmate of mine used to be the uh, camera person for you. Correct? That is true. That is true. Uh, uh, Who number, would that be? Adina uh, Rosenberg. Adina okay. Rosenberg was my second producer. She also produced the shows at the beginning before I did my own editing. Before that was Ricky Fleischer was my wow. first producer. Ricky Fleischer. A great Cubs uh, fan. Uh, great Cubs fan. And these, they were both in, in film school We saw them at the, the World time. Series. Major flex. flex. <laughs> <laughs> After Adina, I had people like um, uh, Dashiell Barkhuss, if you know who she is. She's married sure. to Shlomo Karbel. Um, she was also an intern on my TV show. And her mother um, has been a guest in the past. Uh, Shlomo yeah, Carbo is a listener of the show. Yeah, and she, yeah, his, what, her mother, Karen, Karen Bark, the comedian, yeah. has been on my TV show many times. Yeah. Um, and they're members of my shul also. Her husband dives by me every week, at least one minion. Along the way, uh, Iris Sutker's uh, uh, other half her, was was a, was a uh, co-producer on my show for a period of time. Okay, so how did, how did the show come about? What it's made great, you decide it's a to go great, into it? It's a great question. So there was the show that was on... My show is still on in the same time slot as it was before it was my own show. And this was um, 
a, a girl had this show. I'm not sure how she got it or anything, how it all started. And this is on WTTW? Her name was, uh, no, this is on Can TV. Can oh, Can TV. TV, okay. Her name's Stephanie Stone. Uh, Stephanie Stone Lidskin, whatever. And yeah, oh yeah, she was a high school. She was a high school classmate of my wife. Wow. She was doing this cable show, and it was kind of going off the air. It was kind of they they didn't know what to do, so they said to her, "You got to find someone, one of your guests." we'd like you to use as a co-host and try and keep the show going. And they said, it was me. I was a guest on her show. So along the way, they wanted to cancel her because she just didn't, maybe not because of content or whatever it was that was going on, but it didn't happen. So she gave you a she, shot and you threw her right to the curb. Uh, <laughs> something like that. She ended up moving to what was Las- Wally Pip. <laughs> Who was the guy that the yeah. she, ended, she ended up moving to Las Vegas and they asked me if I wanted the time slot to continue. Okay. And so the show at that time was called, it was originally called The Surprise Show. That was her show. When I joined it, it was called Taped with Rabbi Doug and Stephanie, like live with Regis and Kathy Lee. So Taped with Rabbi Doug and Stephanie. And uh, then the Stephanie dropped, so it became Taped with Rabbi Doug. And that's how the show started thirty over, over 30 years ago. Who, who is your longest recurring uh, guest? So there are a few people that fall under that category. One of them would be Matt Cantor because he's played with so many bands and uh, himself been a guest on the show playing music and and stuff. So he is one of the people that's way up there. Um, Larry Hirsch, Dr. Rabbi Dr. Larry Hirsch, who moved to Israel, who first was on my show at the Jewish festival while he was visiting from Israel. He was my neighbor, actually, when I first moved to West Rogers Park. He lived right around the corner from me. He lived backyard to Rabbi Bruckenstein on Pratt. And I lived on Pratt. Big and he, lived, okay. he lived on Rockwell in the townhouses across the street from Mowalinitz, if you know where he lives, sure. um, and uh, for neighborhood people. Tape with Rabbi Doug, when he's in town or he has something to share, he comes on my, he's really a great political analyst. Do you have a guest every stuff. every week? My show's on every single week. But you have a guest every week? I have a guest almost every week. How do you pull that off? Because we're already running into trouble. Yeah, we've had like three episodes. So if you want to, if you want to, Actually, talk about guests. I can give you maybe 50 suggestions wow. to get you guys going Great. for guests that would make sense. We seem to argue a lot when it comes to guests. <laughs> you me and my certainly, uh, just for the future of a podcast like this, you certainly don't want to talk about Ida Crumb basketball every week for the next six right. years. Oh, we could. So, uh, well, <laughs> you could. What if we have Norm Litz on? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Norm Litz would be a great guest. You <laughs> yep. know, Norm, Norm is... The name Lou Weisbach. So Lou Weis, <laughs> let me tell you a story about Lou Weisbach. So Lou Weisbach, in 1963, uh, we moved from Austin, which was our first apartment uh, when I was a little kid. Lived with grandparents for the first two years of my life. 1963, moved from Austin, where I lived. Lived, I remember it very well actually, on Central Avenue near Lake Street, right near the Green Line, what is now the Green Line on Central Avenue. My grandparents um, were Central Park and Grenshaw. Oh, so that's that's still a little bit off from Central Avenue. Central Avenue's west. I'll take the L. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, you're talking about closer to Pulaski, and I'm Central Avenue. So Fair. that's Austin area. Um, anyway, we moved to Hollywood Park. And I lived at the corner of Brynmore and Spalding. And we lived in a three-flat. In that f- three-flat, we were on the second floor. Who was on the first floor? Rabbi and Mrs. Weisbach and Louie. Louie wow. taught me when I was a little boy a lot of things. Number one, 
how to use a credit card or a piece of cardboard to break into our apartment building. We didn't have a key. So Louie taught me that as a little boy. He also taught me how to walk upstairs using two feet because I always walked up when I was like three years old, four years old. I always walked up with the right foot, right foot, right foot. He taught me how to walk up using two feet. Louie Weisbach. Do you still and use those course, tips? He and I are, he and I are still friends oh, today. Can we go back? So I've, been, oh, in, I've been in his house. Oh, Michael <laughs> Jordan was his ne- Michael Jordan was his next door neighbor. Of course. And, uh, can we go back to the little uh, little great guest for you to I, have you, on. Wait, I was on. business partners. You, you could get us Lubai's box. I, I was business partners. I had some Halo stock. Really? Yeah, Halo yes. was the day. Halo was the day. Yeah. Can, can was we, he a guest on your show? No, I never had, he never had him on my show. I didn't even ask him ever. Guys, he's, okay. he's a busy guys, guy. We're missing something. You used to walk with just your right foot? You when hopped. I was three years old? No. No, he was young. Right, no, you right, right foot, foot first, left. Right, right up, left, right, yeah. left. You mean you up walk, the stairs one by yes. one? Picture. Yes. I thought you like hopped on each no, step. No, no, you no. Could, you, you could use both legs. No. Okay, I, get it. Okay. I think it's more interesting the way you hold your spoon. Yeah. Well, we'll, um, we'll talk about that at some yes. point. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I have a long time, you know, since So what was your, let's say your most... My father was his teacher also in the academy. When it was on Melrose. Do you have a most memorable show? Like, did ever was there ever a fight, throwing so chairs? I got to tell you, arguments. I've got to tell you that storming off the there stage. There are no, never, never, never anything like that. But I will tell you, there are certain people that I meet over the years that I say, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe this is the coolest thing in the world that I've gotten to know this person, or I'm friendly with them, or we're still emailing each other years later and stuff." And then somebody else, and somebody else, and you forget those big people that are amazing to you in the show so one of those people is a guy named peter noon you know who peter noon is jordan i'm gonna go with author <laughs> no peter noon is herman of herman's hermits okay so i thought i still don't know that means. how cool <laughs> how cool sports music how cool um i'm louis the eighth i am i am yeah no i was married <laughs> to the widow next door she was married seven times before that's i'm drawing um, a blank herman's hermits yeah, very, absolutely. very, very big band. Um, so whenever he comes to town, I try and go and see his show and try and meet with him afterwards and stuff. And here's a guy from the Beatles era that I'm that I, I became friends with. But there's a hundred people like that over the years, and the big names, people like uh, having um, Avram Fried on my show. Like I thought that was the greatest thing in the world to become friendly with Avram Fried. What about Chaim Sus? And, and, and uh, my kids have watched that episode a couple times. You know, Chaim Sus's <laughs> own son has watched that episode so many times that now <laughs> yeah. he watches all my shows. Yeah. He loves it. He's That's a big great. fan of mine. Who's your Who's your white whale? I don't, I don't know. You don't have one. There's I, no one that you really are, want to pin down one day and have on. You know, I've I've done that so many times that you kind of say. You know, Paul McCartney, I'd love to get in a real... I've, I've met him, but I haven't had a real interview with him. Uh, I'd love That's to... That's going to be a tough one. I'd love... I know. <laughs> no, well, I see you know, it happening. I, I've, I've had dreams about it in my life. There are people, yeah. there are people yeah. in the world that you say, gosh, if I could just have a lunch with him and sit down with him and talk, it would be the greatest thing. I what, met Ringo what would Starr, you ask? but what, I've never what had... Would you, what would you ask Paul McCartney if he I, were sitting I, here I don't need to room. ask him anything. Just have a conversation with him. Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't care about asking. I, I know all those things. Everybody else has interviewed him. I know all the things about him that he would say. So Who are your biggest big catches? Who are the people that... Is there anyone in particular that was really hard to pin down and you were able to get them as guests? Uh, you know, uh, Mayor Daly was a big one. I always when he was to make, mayor? When he was mayor. Wow. 
I, I always wanted to have Mayor Daly on my show, and I had him on my show, and then old Ovid, man Mayor Daly, old man Mayor. No, no, not no, old no. man. I was yeah. too young. No, I, that would have been. Nice. I, he, Richard di- J, he died Richard when J. I was no, like. Richard M. Richard I think M. he died when I was sixteen. I think he died like in nineteen seventy-seven, maybe or nineteen seventy-six. You can tell me if I'm right. Okay, so Mayor okay, Daly. So I mean, he was. I was trying to figure out what class so, of um, he was at. So <laughs> class of seventy-eight. So his son was on my show. I had him on my show. He was here at the JCC doing a thing at the JCC here, uh, and he actually talked to me on the air, which was really cool. I thought it was cool to have the mayor of Chicago on my show. Of course, you've I've had, had Rahm Emanuel. I've on. had Rahm Emanuel on, and I've had Lori Lightfoot on and stuff. But at the time, it was a big. Thing to me to get yeah. Mayor Daly on the Any show. Any athletes? What's the name uh, of the guy? The football, the from football player, football player I had on my show. Terry uh, Cohn? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no the no, no. offensive uh, lineman. Uh, what, what was his name? Um, I can't think. Oh, of on it. the Packers? No, he's on the Bears. No, he was on the Packers. See? On the Packers. He was on yeah, the Packers. Yeah, yeah. He was on the Packers. You're talking about the guy that the Bears drafted that was a bust. That's People are very excited that's, about that's that guy. Every draft pick. I forgot his name. Moved in Holland Park. There was I a from guy in the Packers, or, or he became. No, he became from. He became from. He's about Chuva. My mind is blank right now. I know him very well. We've even been in touch. Not Tony Mandrich. No, you got to you got to look it up. You got to look those things up because I can't remember myself. I can't remember the person I talked to last week, let alone. So, Rabbi, you know, you've had Nobel Prize winners, chief rabbis, politicians, celebrities. True, true. But I've had what, three. What chief, keeps you going? Three chief rabbis on my show. Like where you know, at this point, you've already. I you forgot know, those are those are big ones to me. The right. three chief rabbis having them right. on my show is he's, really he's big. done it all. So you've been to the mountaintop, you know. So what keeps you motivated to keep uh, going? Sounds like the advertisers. You know, here, <laughs> here's the key. I don't make any money on my TV show. My TV show is public funded, and of course, the all the work that I do for it for. The internet is my own work that I do. There are perks that go with it, such as meeting people and getting free tickets and, and being invited Backstage to passes. Back. Jordan, Backstage you hear that? Passes. We can get this publicly um, funded. But there's also, <laughs> also there's financial. There are people that hire me to do weddings and and because they don't have other rabbis and they know me from the and and or funerals or things like that. So there's a little parnasa in there with it. But uh, I do it because I believe if the things that I do that really were the voice that I have matters. I can get out that voice where nobody else can, and I can make that voice public. When I have politicians on or authors or, you know, I meet people and I say, I should have you on my TV show. You'd be a great guest. And that person comes out and they're spectacular what they have to say and the world needed to hear what they have to say. And all of a sudden uh, there's, you know, 30,000 people who saw that show. That's a big thing that I did that that person never would have gotten the word out do that um, many people see it? 30,000? Hundreds of thousands of people end up seeing my show. Jordan, I, right. I, it that's just am- depends. That's amazing. On, wow. It depends on the episode and where. And remember, wow. remember, unless somebody logs in to Facebook, like let's say they're watching it on the internet or logs in on my... Or you um, would never even know. You you don't know how many people actually see it. The only ones who you what see about are the Nielsen? ones who are logged in. So Nielsen does not do local shows. Uh-huh. But... How it works is what they say is uh, when you are on prime time, and I'm on everywhere pretty much in northern Illinois, so everywhere, you know, from the western suburbs, far north suburbs, the whole city of Chicago to the border of Indiana, and I'm on television on AT&T UVerse in Indiana and southern Illinois, people are flipping channels at commercials. That's what people do. Right. They flip so John, channels. John Reader's so from the community, but... but have you, you know, come across people outside of the community that stop you and say, hey, I watch your show? I'm walking down Michigan Avenue last summer. And someone stops me and said, are you on television? 
So she says to me, my name is Mike, and, uh, and I, I just think I know who you are. And I said, I am. And she says, you're a rabbi, right? I said, yeah. She said, oh, my gosh, I watch your show like a hundred times. <laughs> Amazing. I love your show. So, Jordan. So that happens yeah. all the time. Jordan, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I mean, you're a historian. Um, has there ever been a chief rabbi of Chicago? I know different cities have had chief rabbis, especially it was very popular. There was. There was a Europe. controversy turn of the 20th century. The Ritvaz? Vaz or Shimon Elbum. Has there been a chief but rabbi since? It didn't since? end well. Has there been a chief rabbi no, in Chicago since? St. Louis had one, New York, briefly, that also ended in. Do you think Chicago is ready to crown Rabbi Doug? <laughs> as we've gone over the I think Rabbi Doug, is, he appeals to everybody. Funerals. Weddings, bar mitzvahs, education, our children, education. You've you've taught even my my nephews, our nephew, uh, bar mitzvah teacher. It's a good one, y'all. He's a man of the people. <laughs> it's a good one. It's a good idea, <laughs> but I think that Rabbi, you know, it's it's awesome speaking to you. You have such a distinguished career and history. You leave a legacy that, frankly, you know, you have younger generations of guys that are catching up on the show, kind of like some people watch old episodes of Seinfeld and Friends. I know there are kids out there that are watching Rabbi Doug on YouTube. Newly discovering So, you know, I'm, I'm still... I mean, this I, is our inspiration. I'm still substitute teaching when my, when my hospice load is light. I still substitute teach probably five to six times a month at Ari Crown and three to four times a month at Tiferet Svi. So almost every kid in Chicago ends up here. Almost every kid, because I don't do the whole Torah so much anymore because they want me there for the whole day and I can't do the whole day. Um, but I pretty much almost every kid, and I do Ida Crown sometimes too, Almost every kid in Chicago, if you say the majority of them, have had me as a teacher if they are under 35 years old. Almost everyone somewhere along the way so Jordan. has That's had you. me as a teacher. Jordan, if they are I under have 35, not. How do you know how old he is? Has he ever talked if they're that? under 35 years old, but certainly when you get under 25 years old, we're talking about 80% of people who went to Jewish day school in Chicago had me as a student, had and me do, as a teacher. Do your students ever say, hey, we watch your show? Is that, all, I, the, I know all, all the time. All the time. Um, as a matter of fact, if you walk through Ari Crown, a lot of times you'll hear somebody singing my theme song in the hallway no while I'm walking through all the time. All the time. I love it. Well, you're really a local celebrity. To be honest, I think when we started talking about doing this podcast, one of the things that motivated us to actually do it and you know get the equipment and start going was we kind of looked at your show and said, why can't we do it? You know, Wait, was you that, know was that, was you, you've... you've, you've had so many great guests on, so many conversations. I think there's, you're really building a history there. I think that people are gonna, you know, 100, you know, 50, 100 years from now, people look back. And, and even for me, I look back at some of the episodes from the 90s, and you really captured a lot of great history. And, uh, you know, I think we wish you success. I, I wish, I wish, there, I wish the early 80s episodes, because I had so many great people on my show in the early 80s before YouTube, before uh, Do you have them on digital. Tape? I do have them on. Someone's got it. VH, we got a volunteer. On VHSs. There's a way to get them on, on digital. Yeah. yeah a volunteer. I've, I've email hardtalkchicago at gmail.com. We'll get a volunteer or tweet to get Josh, these uploaded. Because, tweet, by the way, they're not uploaded like that regularly, right? Well, my, right, my, my current shows for the last, you know, 15, on YouTube? 15 years, every show is on. Uh, every Jordan. single show. Every single show. What yeah. kind of homework did you do, Jordan? I'm on, <laughs> I watched a lot. I'm on. I'm on. I'm on my you YouTube Premium. I'm on my 660th show or so right now. Wow. Episode. So um, I would say 400 or so are already uploaded. Okay. You know what? I got to go back to the YouTube channel. I watched like 20 today. 
Well, it's an honor for us to have you, thank Rabbi. You. Thank so you for coming much. on. No, thank you for having this me. Is it was fun. going to be a big hit, and I think everyone will enjoy hearing your story. People know you. Now people will know you better. So people, people can watch my show at tvrabbi.com. That's the that's the easiest way, tvrabbi.com. Or they could go on YouTube, and they can find Rabbi Doug and, 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 and subscribe, and they can watch the show. Or Monday nights at 8.30, Channel 19 in Chicago, if you have TV and cable. I would or, suggest watching it live. I think Channel that's the 19, ultimate. is yeah, it? Yeah. I think Channel 19. Anything Channel could happen 19. live. Rabbi, thank you so much. Thank you it's so much for pleasure. having me on. This was fun. Thank you so much.